Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurous. We are in Hawklaw and it is time to do the adventure called Snowy Dusk. You reach the end of the path and steal onto a broad outcropping of icy rock. Perched on the lip of the ledge, you shiver as your eyes struggle against the fading light of dusk to scour the snowbound forest. Let us begin. Normal or scaled? Mm, scaled. Let us begin. Ever since discovering the abandoned wagon, its horses cut free and the telltale signs of a brief but violent struggle in the surrounding crimson spattered snow, you've been determined to discover what terrible event recently took place here on the lonely stretch of forest road east of Hawklaw. A muddy trail of tracks and, at least initially, blood led you off the road and into a snowy, dust-shrouded wood to the north. Moving swiftly, your steps muffled by the shin-deep blanket of white draped over the forest floor. You press on along the well-trodden trail, your eyes continually scouring the deepening gloom for the first sign of movement. You reach the end of the trail and steal onto a broad outcropping of icy rock. Perched on the lip of the edge, you shiver as your eyes struggle against the fading light of dusk to scour the snowbound forest. The base of the outcropping perhaps a dozen feet below. The line of indistinct tracks you've been following continues to meander to the north and east. Suddenly, something stirs at the edge of a thicket several yards to your left. Instinctively whipping your head in the direction of the movement, your heart nearly skips a beat when your eyes descend upon an unexpected and unwelcome sight. Creeping among the snow-covered foliage, their wagged, filthy attire seemingly inadequate to ward off winter's chill are three cave goblins. Uh, get yourself a jumper! The, the, uns, the undesirable trio seem well aware of your presence, for these do not display any of the savage aggression otherwise typical of their kin. You are left to believe that the three goblins are attempting to pass through without incident. As you stand staring at the goblins, you notice something else. Two of the creatures have sustained serious wounds. Obviously the water of some sort of brutality recently visited upon them. Blood covers the hides of two hide vests, two of the goblins, and streaks the grey flesh of their uncovered arms and legs. Through their wide, calculating eyes remain fixed on you. The goblins do not stop. They continue to skirt the edge of a sprawling lore patch as they head back in the direction of the road you abandoned only a few minutes ago. Hmm. What do I do with these goblins? Do I allow them to pass? Do I attempt to waylay them? Or do I attack them? Now, literally, these goblins probably aren't in a condition. They probably, honestly, they're probably going to die anyway, <laughs> pretty soon. They're, defi they're definitely not doing anything bad in the short term. Because they're, they're wounded and they're way too cold. So, hmm. now waylay, but maybe they have some information. Right, I'm going to try to waylay them. Moving swiftly. You attempt to manoeuvre yourself into position to prevent the goblins from escaping. Picking a number. Bonus of 19. All for woodmanship. Got to get 75 or more or they'll get away. Pick now. 73. It's a failure. You attempt to manoeuvre yourself into position from which you can intercept three goblins. Much to your dismay, however, the ragged creatures reveal themselves to be quite adept 
navigating the rugged, treacherous terrain and easily evade you. I mean, fair enough, they have lived in it all their lives. In a matter of moments, the goblins are round the edge of the thick, round the edge of the thicket, and disappear into the snowy gloom of the forest. The bare branches of the nearby woodland giants rattling in the frigid breeze. You continue. You, you quickly decide upon your next course of action. Well, I've got to continue following the trail because someone is, someone is definitely hurt, probably lost, possibly captured by someone, and is, is generally having a bad time. So continue following the trail. Determined to continue following the track, you cautiously descend from the outcropping at the end of the trail and again pick up the path of prints, now much less distinct, the base of the ledge. Oh no, I lost time trying to get those goblins and the prints are fading. Doing your best to ignore the frigid wing biting at your exposed flesh, you press on through the snowy twilight, hoping if there is indeed someone in need of your help. But you're not already too late. You press on through the forest, ever mindful of the unsettling fact that the snowy dusk is now rapidly giving away to the grim spectre of a frigid, windy, frigid night. Suddenly, just when it seems you can no longer discern the trail of footprints, you hear, hear shouting from somewhere to the north. The south, though unmistakably desperate, is muffled, perhaps by the snow and difficult to precisely locate. Without a second thought, you strike out in what you believe to be the direction of the last cry, your heart pounding and your every sense alert. After trudging through knee, well, uh, foe that's snow that's several times taller than me, for nearly a hundred yards, you arrive at a broad bank of wall of firs. A tangle of bramble and bracken entwines the bases of the ancient trees making continued progress on the current course all but impossible. Suddenly, another quickly cry rings out, this time from the east, louder and more distinct than those you heard moments ago. You're now certain that the voice is that of a man. Striking in the direction of the striking out in the direction of the sound, you covered less less than fifty yards when the source of the desperate cause is at last revealed. In the mist, a small clearing Sumped up against a snow-covered boulder, his body covered, whittled with numerous bloody gashes, is a large man dressed in furs. The, the corpses of six cave goblins lie strewn about him in snow, blood-spattered snow. The man moans and draws wacked breath as his fearful gaze focuses on something near the edge of the open space, realising at once that the man that the man is severely wounded and likely near death. You're about to rush to his aid when you spot him must obviously be a source of his profound terror. A hulking ogre clad in bear skin. Bear skin. A heavy wooden club resting on his shoulder is moving slowly around the perimeter of the clearing. The fearsome beast, his wide eyes peering in a snowy night, stops and sniffs at the air. Even from this distance, you can plainly hear the deep rumble of his laboured breathing. Now, I can rush to defence of the wounded man, or remain where I am and continue to observe. Or I could use divination to get myself some context. Succeeded. You channel your power... Power divination and are startled when you immediately sense the ogre does not mean any harm to the wounded man. All right, now let, let's get let's approach the wounded man because he's going to need some magical healing. I mean, if that option is even available, enter the clearing and approach the wounded man. You rush into the clearing and reach the wounded man. He turns and looks up at you as you approach, and offers a weak, fleeting smile. The mix of fear and profound relief. You sense a mix of fear and profound mix of fear and relief behind the forced expression. Don't he gasps. Closing eyes, don't you distinctly turn your attention to the ogre, who remains on the far side of the clearing, still sniffing the air. The towering creature, his crude bear sing tunic, collecting snow dropping from the overhead brows, turns and br- briefly 
wandered, briefly glances in your direction before resuming his slow meander along the forest's edge. Returning your gaze to the wounded man, your eyes pass over the corpses of the slain goblins. The bloodied remains of six of the vile creatures lie scattered. Cross, cross, stony round. Leave him! Hisses the man at your feet, his eyes still closed. He killed them! He saved him! Save me! Leave him be! The snow... The snow around the wounded man is drenched with blood. Several broad gashes on his leg and torso attest to the savagery of the goblins that now lie dead around him. The ogre snorts loudly and turns to face you, his wide eyes narrowing into a little more than broad black slits. So I could attack the ogre, or I could draw myself into a defensive stance, but from what my divination and the guy himself has told me, uh, I don't need to do that. And I, so the ogre is not a threat, and attacking the ogre, well, that would just be a jerk move, wouldn't it? I mean, that ogre's just saved someone's life. And its reward is to get stabbed? Well, that's just, that's just not fair at all, is it? Not fair at all. Can I use the power of restoration here? Only on myself. Attempt to aid the wounded man. Doing your best to ignore the unwanted attention of the ogre, you crouch down next to the fur-clad man and examine his wounds. He's lost an enormous amount of blood and appears to be barely clinging to life. He moans and opens his eyes, fixing you with a puzzled look. Where is my son? He gasps. Is he alright? Is he here? There's another? Oh no, I didn't. Where could he be? With no immediate answer to the desperate query, you whisk a glance, whisk a glance back at the looming ogre. Suddenly, as if alerted to something that senses, that escapes your senses, the beast whips its head to the north and snores loudly. Then, without ever looking back, the ogre bounds off in that direction. Each of its lengthy strides covering what must be almost ten feet. In a matter of only a few moments, the ogre is lost from sight in the, frin- in the frigid gloom of the forest. Where's my son? Peace man, he isn't here, is he? He, he ran when the goblins came, or, came at us. He's a fast lad. They could have caught him. Alright, can I, can I use restoration now? Yeah. You channel your power of restoration. Oh, well, wait. Uh, hmm. I think I, I I missed I missed something by clicking the restoration right now. Okay, I'm gonna reset and get back to where. Right, this time I succeeded in waylaying the goblins. Eight XP to woodmanship. You expertly maneuver yourself into position and intercept the three goblins. The apparent leader of the trio, the only goblin that's not wounded, snarls defiantly and draws an axe which he levels at you. His bloodied cohorts follow sort and each produce long-bladed knives. You immediately sense the cave goblins, through, de- through desirous to pass through without competition, are prepared to fight. So I can let them pass, which meant that whole waylaying thing was a waste of time. I can attack them, which, yes, it means less goblins, but it doesn't really help anyone out. Or I, or I could do what the whole thing, whole point of this thing is, ask him about the wagon. With, with the armed goblins standing a little more than arm's length, you begin a bold interrogation of the savage trio. Picking a number, bonus of 40. 20 from diplomacy, 10 from mind, 10 from spirit, got to get 75 or more. Or I won't get anything from the pick now. 50, failure. Hmm. Your attempt to interrogate the goblins has failed. The three creatures take a step back and brandish their weapons presently. So you sense they're still hesitant to engage. You know what? I'm going to reset it until I can successfully interrogate them. Alright, it took a few times, but I finally managed to successfully interrogate them with a total score of 114. Getting, getting eight experiences diplomacy, 
At first, the goblins seem unwilling to speak. They're obviously fearful of you. You've sensed no de they have no desire to cooperate with your demands for information about the abandoned wagon. S suddenly, just when you're about to give up the effort, the apparent leader of the trio croaks out a few words in a low, rasping voice and pluck, and points a clawed finger to E. Sinov. That way, he gasps. Look that way! Realising... Memorable... The miserable creatures aren't likely to provide you with anything further. You quickly determine your legs course of action. Oh, let, let him go. Let them go. Assuming a defensive posture, you take several steps back, placing yourself in the goblin's pass. The vicious trio, their blazing eyes still fixed on you, and their clawed hands still clutching their weapons, cautiously resume their trek, moving swiftly past you as they continue on their way. In a matter of moments, the goblins around the edge of the, the thicket disappear into the snowy gloom of the forest, with the bare branches of the nearby wood giants rattling in the frigid breeze. You quickly disrupt the side upon your next course of action, obviously back to following the trail. Alright. Alright, looking for the man. And there's the ogre, divination once again. Shows that the, the, the troll ogre does not intend any harm to the wounded man. Approach the wounded man. And he says, oh, well, you've already heard what he says. Attempt to aid the wounded man. He talks about his son. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll do a straight, I skip things by you, restoration. There's a link to use it right at the bottom of the screen. So I didn't even have to. As you struggle to bind the wounds and stem the bleeding, the man begins babbling, almost incoherently, though you manage to glean his story from the midst of scattered bits and pieces he breathlessly relates to you. You learn that the man, Brigor, and his young son, Iverston, were travelling to Hawklaw on their farm, several miles east of the village, when they were set upon by a large band of goblins. The vicious creatures cut loose their horses and made off with the animals before taking both Brygor and his son captive. Brygor tells you he managed to draw his iron wand and brain one of the goblins, buying Ilston the time he needed to make good his escape. He said that he, that the last he saw of Everston, the young man boy was sprinting along the road towards Hawklaw, shouting for help with a lone goblin in jogged, dogged pursuit. No goblin alive could catch that boy, says Bradicor, wincing as he as you tighten a sweep of cloth around his white neck, just above one of his more grievous wounds. The funny thing is, I thought that you were with him. Just for a moment. Scared I thought that you were him just for a moment. Scared me half to death to think he'd come back. Now I can use restoration. And now I can see what. Now I now we can continue, as we should have. But we did have the advantage of seeing what happens if you waylay and question yoga. So it worked out. Restoration. Calling upon the power of restoration, it has succeeded. Thirty-two experience to restoration. You channel your power of restoration and place your hands on Briargore's shoulders. Or something like that. Almost at once, an intense warmth passes out of your body and into the wound riddled torso of the fur clad man. His eyes widen and he gasps in alarm as the pain that assails him rapidly lessens. Thank you, he says softly, his breathing noticeably less laboured. Thank you. Bribercore tells you the ogre peered out of nowhere and killed the goblins who dragged him into the clearing. Didn't know ogres were capable of acts of, of of that, he says, wincing as he shifts his sweat. Or maybe I don't remember what really happened. I don't know why the goblins attack. Attacked us. I had nothing value on that wagon, save for my son and the horses. Still, the ogre undoubtedly saved me from those fiends. Bradigal falls silent and closes his eyes. You instinctively reach down and stir him, 
shaking by the shoulders to keep him conscious. He looks up at you and smiles weakly. We have to get out of here. He whispers, I think I can make it with your help. I have to find my son. Whitaker proves bulkier and more difficult to support than you'd first imagined, even with a bit of size shifting. Despite his weakened state, his considerable weight and treacherous footing, you manage to prop him up on, the, on your back as you slowly and cautiously make your way out, out of the forest. The track you followed on your way into the wood is now largely obscured by the blowing snow, making it almost impossible to follow. Listening to your instincts, however, you eventually find your way back to the road. Stepping out of the wood, only a dozen yards from the, from the abandoned wagon, it is now nearly dark. After helping your ch charge into a seated position against one of the wagon wheels, you glance in both directions along the lonely road. The snow is falling steadily now, making it a challenge to see more than a few dozen yards in any direction. I have to find Iverston, cries Barnacle, glancing up at you. If you can help me up again, I think we should go towards Hawklaw. He was headed that way. Don't want him out there alone somewhere. He immediately squashed the notion, telling Bargar he's too weak to make even the short trek to the village. When he announced that you were immediately set off after his son, manages to smile or not. Yes, you're right. I'll only slow things down, he says. Go after him, my friend. Go. I guess my restoration isn't quite good enough to get him to get him fully 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 back on his feet again. For, for, for narrative reasons. Cause it would be also it'd be really awkward if you had different results depending on your level of restoration. Uh, be a pain to write, so anyway. Off I go. Alright, pick your number. Bonus of 50. 20 from agility, 20 from aura, 10 from luck. Uh, gonna get 75 or more, or I'll be ambushed, I guess? Yeah, I think that's what will happen. Pick now. Failure. <laughs> Something hard and cold smashing to the side of your head with a spoon jarring force. So to keep toppling sideways onto the snowy ground, 13 damage. Wiping away the blood now streaking down your face. You roll to your right and nimbly regain your feet, spinning to face your unknown assailant. Two cave goblins. They better not be those two those cave goblins I just let free. But I let pass, because if it's those goblins, I will be so pissed off at them. Admittedly, it really won't change anything for them because they're dead either way. Two cave goblins. The closest of the vile creatures clutching a long curved cudgel. Nah. 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 It can't be them. Th those goblins. Those goblins had an axe and two knives. And this re they really didn't. They're really not in a position to get new weapons. Stand only a few yards from you. Snarling viciously, their cool gaze fixed on you. Still reeling from the blow, you command Baragor to stay back as you unsteadily draw us over to combat where he stands. Oh, we didn't get very far at all. I thought, thought it would have made some progress, but nope. We're, right, we're still next to the wagon and Baragor. Two gave goblins begin combat. Alright. They shriek wildly as they attack. And I stab them, and they are slain. 10 XP. Stepping away from the corpses of the slain goblins, you turn and make your way to Biogor's side. The fur-clad man were laying slumped up against the wagon wheels, clutching at one of the deeper wounds on the left side of his torso. He winces and coughs as you stoop next to him, tells you he doesn't think he can stand. You need to find Iverston, he says. Before lapsing into a violent fit of coughing. <coughs> like that, but more so. I pray that he's made it to Hawklaw. Leave me and go after him. We have to find him. 
After making certain there were no other goblins lurking about, I'm not sure how you do that, but maybe they really smell. You tell Baragor you will head off in search of his son. He nods, thanks you, and closes his eyes. As you rise from your crouched position, your eyes are drawn to something to the west. You take several steps along the road, your eyes straining against the frigid, snowy gloom. Gloom as you attempt to make out the distinct, distinct, distant, indistinct shape. Slowly but steadily coming your way. What could it be? Half expecting to face more the vile goblins who remain in a guarded stance. Your keen eyes fixed on the dark floor and advancing on you through the falling snow. Only a few moments later, when the shape is revealed to be several moving figures, the foremost of which clutches a glowing lantern, a profound sense of relief washes over you. Within minutes, a group of seven men emerge. Emerge from the wintry gloom. The head of the armed possession is perhaps Hawklaw's most renowned resident. Piripor, I guess I, I guess after me, if I'm a resident of Hawklaw, but I don't think I am. The proprietor of the stone-backed tavern and has a, has a young lad in his size who immediately rushes over and embraces Piripor. What, we, we still haven't gone very far? I think for sure we made, we got somewhere. We've, we've, I thought sure we'd be at least out of sight of the wagon by now. The eighth man, an eighth man appears out of the darkness, the back of the group, holding the cut reins of the horses that, that were obviously hitched to Balagor's wagon. The animals seem a bit agitated, but otherwise unharmed. Hmm. I guess the horses got out. I thought the goblins would have ate them or sold them or something. I can't, can't tell you how. Glad we are to find you here, cries Pilipor, striding up and meeting with shoulder cross. That lad came bursting into tavern with stories about goblins. All out of breath, and well, here we are. Yet, let it not, not be said that we never, ever let such a thing pass without taking up proper action. And I'll say it again. Glad we, were, we are to find things well in hand. You learn that when Iverston reached a stone-backed tavern, and, and related news of the goblin attack. The entire common room swiftly took up arms and followed Pinipar out into the snowy night. It's not the first time we've had them run those fiends off from our borders, says Pinipar, brandishing a long iron rod. Suppose you've taken care of that, though. And speaking for myself, I'm not sorry to have missed it. I've been happy to help, but I'm certainly not sorry to have missed it. With the storm worsening, all present, directed by Pilipor's loud, authoritative voice, set about preparing to transport Birigor to Hawklaw. After a bit of wangling, and a, cu a couple of minor injuries, and a fair amount of cursing, the team is, is hitched, somewhat, and Pilipor's Birigor is loaded onto the wagon. All on! All on! shouts Pilipor, waving everyone aboard. A farmer named Jewick takes the wains, and the wagons lurch off along the snowy road. Seated next to the supine Belagor, you watch as his young son, Iverston, tries his best to comfort his father as the wagon rumbles and bounces and bounces towards Hawklaw. You reassure the lad that his father that his father will survive and recover from his ordeal. Iverson looks up at you and nods. You can tell he remains extremely worried. Just hold on, you lot, says Pilipor, as the first faint lights of the village come into view up ahead. We'll be, we'll be in where the fire can warm us before you know it. We'll set him up in front of the hearth. Someone fetch Delaro. Dursley's only a few hops from, from here. We'll go. She'll be the one we want tending his wounds. A couple of hours later, as you sit with your feet pushed out towards the crackling blaze, the blaze that fills the stone, stoneback's fireplace, you're poached by Pilipor. The tavern keeps sighs as he takes a seat next to you and briskly rubs his hands while holding them to the fire. We've all seen nights closed colder than this, he says. There's something in the air tonight, a bit more bite than usual. 
course, I'm not accustomed to wandering out in a storm like we just did earlier. It seems I can't keep the fire hot enough to warm myself. You glance over at Balagor, lying atop a heap of furs on the opposite side of the hearth. He seems to be making a grand recovery. His wounds will take time to fully heal, but he's managed to survive the savagery of his cruel assailants, basking in the fire's warm glow. His wounds expertly treated by Talaro. He appears to be regaining his strength with every minute that passes. A sudden tug at your left sleeve start, serves to startle you, and you turn to find Iverston, Baragor's young son, standing at your side. With, your eyes, with his eyes welling in tears, the lad fr- throws his arms around you and hugs you tightly. He ste- as he steps back and turns to leave, he softly mutters thank you. Now, when he's back at his father's side, Pilipor nudges you. You look over at your host and find him smiling. Now, that just made it seem a little bit less chilly, he says. And just to sh- goes to show that not all of life was also about dragon hordes and castles floating on clouds, are they? As it turns out, Pilipor makes a full recovery and is soon once more with his family, tending his plot of land on the outskirts of Hawklaw. Now, Whenever your adventures take you near the village, you sometimes stop to pay Birigor a visit. There, this small, comfortable dwelling. Dwelling on the edge of the forest, you're always given a warm welcome and treated to a meal fit for a thane. The ragged farmer, quite often much to chargon of his life, always seems eager to recount the events that took place on that snowy dusk along the lonely forest road east of Hawklaw. Now that is the end of this adventure, which gives me 256 experience to general, and 64 experience to all skills and powers. And it doesn't unlock any more adventures. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, right next to Hawklaw is Westwold, where there is also stuff going on. There's a boulder-strewn hillock. There's a winding path. Yeah, there's a bench, but that 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 was to do with an event. Yeah, there's 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 an event there, but it's not there anymore. So it's just a place with nothing to do. Adventures for this location, out of the sky, out of the churning grey sky, they descend. The droning of their wings and nightmarish din that echoes throughout the wooded hills. Let us start the adventure. Early afternoon, on a remote northern edge of Westwold, out of the churning grey sky they descend. The droning of their wings and nightmarish din that echoes throughout the wooded hills. Looking up from your precarious transversal of a stony track, as it dips into the tangled veil, you watch in horror as a massive swarm of blood thieves swiftly dives at you. Now, what are blood thieves? Blood thief. These large, black, flying, wasp like insects, a third the size of a human, are aggressive and deadly predators. Blood thieves seek to suck the blood of their foes after injecting them with a paralysing venom capable of immobilising man-sized prey. So it'll be even worse for Sir Crokington. Now and again, horrific tales involving massive swarms of these vile creatures are heard. For only those unfortunate enough to witness such a fearsome spectacle can truly appreciate the sheer terror such an encounter inspires. The Giant Black Wasp-lighting insects swoop in from all sides. Their dizzying attack making a challenge for you to maintain your footing on the steep, narrow path. 
Alright, it's a blood thief, one of many. Begin combat. The hideous, pothering blood thief thrusts its sharp, pointed snout at you. Pain racks your body as the venom of your enemy courses through your veins for nine damage. And now it is slain as revenge for that. 13 XP. The tackered carcass of the vile insect drops to the ground at your feet. All around you, the blood thieves continue to swarm. Their high-pitched droning, a vicious assault on your ears. As you duck and dodge the relentless barrage of attacks from the swarming blood thieves, you struggle to maintain your footing on the steep, stony track. Even the slightest misstep could send you tumbling into the forest veil below. Picking a number. Bonus of 39. 19 for woodmanship, 20 for agility. Got to take. Got to get 75 or more, or I will stumble and fall. Pick now. 65. Failure. You stumble and fall face first onto the ground, dashing your knees and elbows on the unforgiving stony track. Eight damage. Without giving your fall a second thought, you scramble to your feet and continue to fend off the giant swarming insects. You boldly engage yet another of the seemingly endless tide of blood thieves. Two of many. How many? We don't know. The, the hideous, hovering blood thief thrusts its sharp, pointed snout at you. Snoot of doom, and it is slain. 13 XP. The tattered carcass, the vile insects, drops to the ground at your feet. All around you, the vicious blood thieves continue to squall. Their high-pitched droning, a vicious assault on your ears. As you duck and dodge the endless barrage of attacks from the swarming blood thieves, you struggle to maintain your footing on the steep, stony track. Even the slightest misstep could send you tumbling into the forest veil below, picking a number. That's the same check as before, pick now. 111 success. You manage to maintain your footing as you continue to fight off the giant swarming insects. Another of the blood thieves swarms in and attacks. Alright, stabity stab. Sharp pointed snout for the venom and courses from my veins for 11 damage, and it is slain. 13 XP. The tackered carcass of the vile insect drops to the ground at your feet. All around you, the blood thieves continue to swarm, the high pitched droning, a vicious assault on your ears. Alright, it's the same check we just had. Bonus 39, success 75, pick now. 40, failure. You stumble and fall face first onto the ground, dashing your head against the unforgiving stony track. 16 damage. With no time to dwell on your bleeding, aching head, you scramble to your feet and continue to fend off the giant swarming insects. You boldly engage yet enough of the seemingly endless tide of blood thieves, four of many now. Begin combat. The, hid the hideous hovering blood thief thrusts its sharp pointed snout at you and is now slain in round 5. 13 XP. The tackered carcass of the vile insect drops to the ground at your feet. All around you, the blood thieves continue to swarm. The high pitched droning, a vicious assault on your ears. Alright, another check not to fall over. 131 success. You manage to maintain your footing as you continue to fend off the giant swarming insects. You easily find yourself struggling to fend off another of the swarming creatures, Blood Thief. Five of many. It, it, it fights like the others. It is slain. 13 XP. The tattered carcass, the vile insect, drops to the ground at your feet. All around you, the Blood Thieves continue to swarm. The high-pitched droning, a vicious assault on your ears. As you duck and dodge the endless barrage of attacks from the swarming blood thieves, you struggle to maintain your footing on the steep, stony track. Even the slightest misstep could send you tumbling into the forest veil below. Picking a number, bonus of 39. Yep, same, same check again, pick now. 71, failure. You stumble and fall face first onto the ground. St Dashing your knees and elbows on the unforgiving stony track. So, do, do you get a do you hit yourself harder if you're particularly low result? It seems like that, or maybe it's just 
flips a coin and you get head or just your knees and elbows. Alright, seven damage. Without giving your fall a second thought, you sprawl to your feet and continue to fend off the giant swarming insects. You boldly engage yet another of the seemingly endless tide of blood thieves. Six of many? Okay, how many more is it? Surely they're going to start fleeing eventually. I do a special attack, and it is slain. 13 XP. The tackled carcass, the vile insect, drops to the ground at your feet. All around you, the blood thieves continue to swarm. The high-pitched droning a vicious assault on your ears. It's that check again. Bonus 39, success 75, pick now. 46, failure. You stumble and fall face first onto the ground, dashing your head against the unforgiving stony track. 16 damage. With no time to... And I'll just heal that. With no time to dwell on your bleeding, aching head, you scramble to your feet to continue to fend off the giant swarming insects. You turn to your left and are quickly locked in a desperate battle against another member of the deadly swarm. Seven of many. That's a many, many. And a venom gets me for seven damage. Venom gets me for nine damage and I finish it off with a battle wage. 13 XP. The tattered carcass of the vile insect drops from its giant feet. Suddenly, what could it be? Is there a big one coming? The swarm of blood thieves suddenly scatter as a pair of truly fearsome specimens swoop out of the sky to continue the assault. The, t the new, two new arrivals, nearly twice the size of their dispersing kin, attack you with a ferocity unmatched by the creatures you face so far. Right, so does this mean a blood thieves use social? I mean, that's 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 usually the reason why you get you get you know a different casts of insects. You know, you have a small ones and the big ones. I mean, ants. You have the you have the worker ants, the soldier ants, and sometimes you get even more variety in various types. You get the mini mins, the teeny teeny ants, and the maxims. The giant ants, you know, you know, by ant standards, not not giant by human standards. They're still, still, you know, tiny. But by bug standards, giant, giant Goliath warrior ants. They can just pick up all their all their comrades if they're in danger. Dodging their initial dives. You hurriedly position yourself to face the flying terrors one at a time. I mean, I mean, how can I do that? They can fly! And I'm... And... Did, have, I, have, I, have I placed myself... No, I don't know. There isn't, there isn't enough of them to make a part. I've only killed seven, so that's not enough to block it out. Yeah, I, I do not know how, how they... They can fly. Why can't they attack me at the same time? Maybe they just don't get along that much? Yeah. Maybe there's some sort of... Oh, I must have found somewhere to quickly run to, so I... Where, where they can't surround me. I don't know. A tree or something. I backed up again. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, massive blood thief. One of one. No, one of two. <laughs> one of one wouldn't be make any sense because it'd just be what the hideous ho hovering blood thief thrusts its snout pointed snout at you. Keeps going, gets me with the venom twice in a row, and then again for eleven damage. But it is slain. Twenty-two XP with the first of the massive blood thieves thrashing about on the ground. In the throes of death, you duck under the swift attack of the second before deftly countering. Massive blood thief, two of two. The hideous hovering blood thief thrusts its sharp pointed snout at you. And it's nearly dead, and it is dead. 22 XP. The second of the giant blood thieves crashes to the ground, its hideous oozing torso in tatters. You step forward and strike the thrash the thrashing creature a final decisive blow before turning your eyes skyward. 
The remainder of the droning swarm, like a dark blot against the grey clouds, flies off to the south and soon disappears over the black back of a tall winch. Well, that's going to be someone's problem. Uh, hmm. It's been slightly less of a problem than when it than when it first met me, but it's going to be a problem. I mean, that many could probably suck dry a whole village. Yes. And, it, and since they can fly, it's not like you can just get them. Because if you try to get them, they could just fly off. But they probably have a nest somewhere. I mean, probably. I mean, or they could be like, like driver ants where they're nomadic and they just become the nest. When they need a nest, they just, they just swarm together and there we are, instant nest. Just add my ants, and then more ants, and just keep adding ants. Yeah, I mean, if they do that, if they have that, if they, if they do that, then there's really no way you could actually track them down. Other than, I mean, you'd have to use some sort of devious trick to get them. I mean, I mean a crossbow would help. Crossbows just, you know, just shoot them out of the sky, but... They could just fly out of range. <laughs> what can you do? Uh, well, I guess we'll just have to ask Talonvale to help. Because, you know, they're giant arrows. And they could go fly and get them. Yes. Yes, Talonvale will have to help. That's the only beings that could get them. With the blood thieves having apparently moved on, to no doubt terrorise some other corner of the wild, you check over your equipment before continuing on your way down the steep track into the tangled veil. Though thankful you were able to survive and fend off the winged horde, you can't help but fear for those upon whom the foul creatures might next descend. After all, few are those, few indeed are those who have been attacked by a swarm of blood thieves and live to tell about it. And that is the end of this adventure, with 256 XP to general, and 32 experience to all skills and powers. Alright, next move. Quick heal. On to the next one, Hand of Fire. As you draw closer to the smouldering remains, a sinking insignia comes over you when you recognise the insignia common to the blackened garb of the charred dead. Start the adventure. Normal or scaled? Might as well do it scaled. Here we go. Hand of fire. Late afternoon. Moving across the northern edge of the region known as Westwold. You've been following the thin trail of grey smoke for nearly an hour. The distances the separating the wooded hills and rolling dales of Westwood are almost always deceptive never in a favourable way. At last, you reach the top of a broad rise and stare down at the broad at a thin brown line shaking its way through the wild, wandering north and east for quite some way before plunging out of sight into the dense green veil, the tangled mine, mouth of which mars much of the much of the near horizon below you. Strewn across the spot of the road at the spot where it rounds where it rounds the base of a steep hillock on the smoking remains of a heavy wagon, even at considerable distance, you can make out the unmistakable smell of burnt flesh. You make a weary descent from your lofty vantage. Your eyes and ears alert for any sign of danger. After several stumbles and one near catastrophic fall, you reach the bottom of the slope and press on through the dense undergrowth towards the road, once more guided by a trail of smoke. Only a minute later, you step out of the foliage and onto a well-worn track you noted from above. 
less than 10 yards from where you lie, stand, lie the shattered, smoking remnants of a large wagon, about which are studied, strewn the charred bodies of at least a half dozen men. As you draw closer to the smouldering remains, a sinking feeling comes over you when you suddenly realise the blackened garb clinging to one of the dead men. Blue tabard, bearing the insignia of the king. It was an army wagon. The dead are Tyson soldiers. Ooh. Okay, whoever did this is either very stupid or very powerful and probably a mix of both. like we missed one hisses a grim voice from some distance to your left startled you spin in the direction of the speaker to find three leather and chain clad men moving out from the cover of a small copse on the opposite side of the road your eyes are immediately drawn to the foremost man's leather breastplate three diagonal marks are etched onto the worn piece of armour the symbol of Han Longax. Who is he? Han Longax. One of the most feared brigands to wound the wilds of the North Broadlands over the last decade or so. He's a notoriously cruel outlaw, Han Longax. In recent years, owing to his wanted status, Han has taken to hiding out in remote, wilder portions of the kingdom. For what you believe to be a series of what is believed to be a series of hidden bases. The brazen highwayman continues to lead a growing collective of bandits that prey, that prey upon travellers in all corners of the realm. It's believed that Han is, for some reason, obsessed with finding the sword of Mezek. Well, who isn't? It's probably really good. Suddenly, the three brigands draw short swords and charge at you. Bounding across the roads, their weapons poised to cause to cut you down. So I've got some options. Just hold by ground and engage them. Use archery, telekinesis, or conjuration. Well, you don't get that many opportunities to use conjuration. So I've got to give that a go. Succeeded. Atex speeds to conjuration. You summon your power of conjuration. A large log. Axune at both ends suddenly appears directly in the path of the charging men. Now, was it manifested or was it taken from somewhere? I don't know. With no time to avoid the unexpected obstacle, the three bandits topple over it and sprawl out onto the ground. Seizing the opportunity, you rush ahead and attack the trio. It's three bandits. It's scaled to plus eight. The, the three bandits slash at you are going to battle rage. Stop hurting treason and all that stuff. It's bad. You've slain your foe. It takes me. You step back from the bodies of the three bandits and exhale sharply. Suddenly, a gallant dun mare gallops up to the middle of the road from the west. Seated upon the bold steed is a man clad in soft leather armour and wearing a black cloak. As he draws near, the black-haired rider, his dark eyes fixed on you in a menacing glare, shows his, slows his mount to a canter and then a trot. Slung across his back is a long-handled axe. His sword hangs at his side. You immediately realise you've come face to face with the notorious bandit chief, Han Longax. This is your work? he asks, glancing at the bodies lying on the road. You don't need to answer, of course. Han raises his white hand and your eyes are drawn to the black, gem-encrusted glove club covering it. Happy little thing this is, he says. Baking a fist and levelling its gloved hands at you. Particularly handy for dealing with soldiers. Border rangers in your sort of ilk. With a loud war, the gems on his glove flash and a blast of crimson flame erupts from his extended fist. The deadly bolt of 
five hurls straight for you. Alright, so fortification, elementalism, or dust dodge. Well, none of them seem stand out to me any more than the others. So once again, I shall turn to random.org to decide for me. Just taking a little time to load up. Gotta verify some things. Number one, we're using fortification. It succeeded. 8xp to fortification. You hastily call upon your power fortification. With only a split second to spare, a curtain of green sparkles takes form between you and the hurtling blast of fire. The bolt of flame slams into your magical barrier, exploding upon impact and showering you with a cindering rain of glowing cinders. Turning in the saddle to face you, Han curses and then smiles. Playing out the avenging hero doesn't suit you, says the notorious outlaw, shaking his head. You need to look at things from another perspective. Want to know the true way of things? It's a shame we know won't meet again. Rumiture White catches your eye, and you turn to find six men moving out of the forest, spreading out to surround you as they advance. Han nods at you, flicks the reins, and his steed breaks into a gallop, bearing, bearing the branded brigand leader east along the road. The six brigands. Having completely encircled you, rush in and attack. You spin to your left and engage a pair of sword-wielding bandits. The bandits attack you in reckless, reckless abandon. The ferocity of their assault momentarily setting you on your heels. Begin combat with two bandits. They deal me a savage blow as they slash at you. 11 damage from the special. Almost done and slain. And I went into battle wage. 8xp. You leap over the bloodied remains of the two bandits and immediately locked in a brutal fight with an axe-wielding brigand. The bearded man snarls as he savagely hacks at you with his crude but effective weapon. It's an axe-wielding brigand. The bandit hacks at you with his axe, savage blow for 11 damage. And the quick, I rolled a 20 and the quick stone will store it. 6xp. Oh, and that 20 came from the enchantment of devastation. Clearly having lost their nerve, the remaining three bandits turn and rush towards the forest at the opposite side of the world. Now if you other three had done that, you wouldn't be dead, huh? Within moments, the fleeing trio vanishes with minimally tangled undergrowth. With the bandits gone, and the image of Han Longax, and his deadly fire fresh in your mind. You search through the smoldering remains of the dragon and discover the charred bodies of seven Tyson soldiers. Anger rose up within you as you contemplate what it might have caused the notorious outlaw and his waders to attack a target bandits would normally consider to be off-limits. Convinced that the Han's newfound, or at least newly revealed, Magical weaponry is almost certain to further embolden the brigand. You decide your best course of action is to report the incident as soon as possible. You do what you can to respectfully arrange the gruesome remains of the soldiers, while warily keeping watch, lest either Han or any of his waders should attempt to return to the scene of the attack. Having concluded the grim task, you strike out east, across the old road with only a vague location direction to a vague locate notion of the location of a border ranger outpost somewhere on the far northern edge of Westworld. As you head off in search of the outpost you remain watchful. You've no doubt that your first encounter with Han Longax will not prove to be your last. Alright so apparently that's supposed there's supposed to be four up adventures, but they're they're not here yet. Alright, 16 16 XP to all skills and powers and 128 experience to general. Yeah, 
And now we're down to just 24 active adventures, because that didn't unlock a sequel to it. Alright, back to Hawklaw. So, what shall we do next week? Well, there's, there's one thing to look at in Hawklaw still. There's this strange hum. That does lead to things, so I guess that will be what we're doing next. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.